What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 22 of the Hunger for Hockey Talk podcast. Uh, we're a day late today. Um, your host, yours truly, Grant, was busy at a bachelor party um, this past weekend. So we uh, didn't get up to too much. We just went out to beautiful Invermere, BC um, and uh, pottered it up. Did a lot of drinking, did a lot Trying of... Cult. Uh, yeah, I uh, had a run with a cult. Um, and uh, yeah, a lot of drinking, a lot of, a lot of junk food eating. So we're back at it today on Monday, May the 6th. Um, and I uh, just want to give a shout out to uh, the, the old bachelor, Cooper Duffin. Congratulations, buddy. Looking forward to the wedding. Um, and uh, yeah, we're going to party it up. And yeah, let's, um, we'll introduce Johnny B. John Boron, my co-host today. Hey there. How's it going there? Hey there. Hold there. Hi there. Hold there. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, uh, back in Ontario for the time being. So that's, that's what, what my life has been this weekend is just flying and dealing with jet lag. There we go. But, uh, glad to be here. Happy 60th to, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Boron. My parents turned 60 this year. We had a big surprise, almost surprise party. My mom ruined it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we had a big party yesterday for them. So yeah, happy birthday Happy birthday to them. Moms tend to do that, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't keep secrets. Um, but that's awesome, man. That'll be a good little, good little time at home. Get to spend some time with, yeah. with family and and. What's not? Um, we don't know where Sterling is. He just gave us the old, I'm busy. So, you know, he doesn't have time for us anymore, apparently. But that's okay. <laughs> Moving and shaking. <laughs> A little shook. <laughs> but, uh, but no, no, it's fine. Um, let's get on with the, with the program, the regular scheduled program. Uh, we got to say, folks, uh, we definitely feel like uh, like a bunch of jerks here at HFHT Podcast um, because we snubbed Carolina last week in our last episode. We completely forgot to mention the epic Game 7 that uh, the Hurricanes and the Washington Capitals uh, played as well, where they eliminated the Stanley Cup champions. So our apologies, uh, Hurricanes fans and... Carolina Hurricanes as well. We're going to talk about you and start the show off with you guys um, today. What a sweep of <laughs> crazy Rounders. sweep. Ridiculous. Um, <laughs> now, I got to be honest with you. Um, I didn't watch the game because I was busy partying. But uh, <laughs> uh, Johnny B and I both just watched the highlights and wow, we what a game. You know, Curtis McElhinney. What was the stat that you used there, Johnny? Uh, he's the oldest uh, oldest NHL goaltender to start and win a game, and that was Game Three, right? Of the of the series, and then uh, he won Game Four as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, crazy. Goes goes to show the importance of uh, of your backup goaltender. <laughs> I don't really know what you're talking about there. <clears throat> don't know who you could be uh, be talking about. <laughs> Um, but, 
yeah, well, what what a what a game that was, and and what a series that the Carolina Hurricanes played. They just thoroughly outplayed the the New York Islanders. Um, the Islanders seem to be chasing all the every game. Um, I know they scored the first goal, uh, Matt Barzell with the first goal, but man, these these Canes are rolling. Um, they look dangerous. All the bounces are going their way. McElhinney is playing amazing, and you know Peter Mrazek. That's the that's the craziest thing about this this team is, um, you know things uh, happen, and you know Svechnikov gets a concussion, um, and Peter Mrazek gets gets a uh, gets an injury and isn't able to play, and you know they 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 step up, and McElhinney wins three in a row to 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 complete the sweep and plays well. Like that was the biggest thing from those highlights that I saw was how calm and cool Curtis McElhinney was, was like not his motions weren't too big. His saves weren't too desperate. Um, he was in position at all times and he, he knew where his net was and that made all the difference. Um, not to say that Laner didn't, uh, it was just the hurricanes were, were too much. Um, you say the storm was a little too powerful? <laughs> yeah, the storm was a little too surgy, I guess. <laughs> um, they didn't take warning. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, what, that it was crazy. That that one goal, Teravainen's goal was ridiculous. It was left <clears> wide <throat> open. Wide open. Nobody within three feet of him, which is crazy. You can't do that in a in an elimination game, like you got to want it. I think, yeah, I think they were just at that point, they were just defeated. Like that, the, the last game compared to the start of the season, like, or sorry, the start of the series, it was two, one in overtime. Second game was two, one. And like both, both of those first two games could have gone either way. But then I think after, after that, after they, I think game three, the Islanders really put in an effort, but, uh, it was just too much uh, to come back from, and uh, Carolina just kind of rolled. Yeah, yeah. What a team! They look real dangerous. Um, I, I also guess I, I think it's safe to say that Carolina won that that trade um, with yeah. uh, with the Calgary Flames. <laughs> I was going to ask how you felt about that. Yeah, you know I. <sighs> I like both players, Dougie Hamilton and Ferland. I was sad to see them go. Um, I'm happy with the players that we got back, Elias Lindholm mainly. Um, and who else did we get back from that trade? It was Lindy and Hannafin. I'm happy with Hannafin as well. Yeah. Um, but I'm also happy for Dougie Hamilton and Michael Ferland for being able to really experience um, playoff hockey because they definitely didn't with Calgary. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm happy for them. I hope, I, hope they can, I hope they can go far. Carolina now really needs to be careful because um, the teams that swept uh, have not been doing too well. I mean, other than Columbus, I suppose, but they're kind of behind the eight ball tonight um, yeah. 
in a potential elimination game. Too much, too much time off, you reckon? I think so. Yeah, momentum. We, we talked about it. Um, it it really is. It really is something that uh, that can affect um, a team's play. Yeah, the Islanders had what ten days. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a long time to go without a game. Yeah, and um, it that that seems to be the theme this year because um, Colorado hasn't been playing as well as they were playing when they steamrolled the the Flames in five games, um, and they were coming in hot against a team that was just kind of cruising the last 20 games. Um, so it's it's seemingly like if the teams are playing a full six, seven game series, um, they have the better, they have a leg up on the teams who swept or finished their, their series early. Um, so they need to be careful and cognizant of that um, and really just... I don't know. How would you, you can't really rival the intensity of a game in practice, let alone a playoff game. So. Yeah, I wouldn't know. Yeah. They'd have to figure out a way to, um, to, to keep that intensity up. You know, um, I think it won't, it, it shouldn't be too hard for a team like, like Carolina. Cause you know, the entire year they were, nobody believed in them. Like nobody thought that they'd be in this position. Right. So, yeah. Um, I feel like they've had that chip on their shoulder, that underdog chip on their, um, on their shoulder for the whole season. A bunch of jerks. <laughs> yeah. They had, they had a lot of people against them for yeah. sure. A lot of people hating on now, them. Now the one thing I did, did you happen to see what Don Cherry was saying about that? About their- yeah, they're a bunch of front-running jerks. <laughs> the only reason the fans are there is because they're they're in, they're front-runners now. Yeah, that's what he was saying. Yeah. <laughs> Do you agree with that? Um, no, no. So, okay, Not entirely. I mean, do you think that? What, do you think that the fans? So, I think what he was trying to say is, do you think? It's so hard to understand yeah, his points it's, anymore. It's hard. He just, he's just so he just goes on tangents. Um, he doesn't even know what he's talking about half the time. Yeah. I think what he meant there was he was trying to say that um, because he took issue with the front office okaying that kind of behavior. Um, right. They put the mandate out saying, let's entertain the Exactly. Um, and so his point is, uh, look, these fans are here because the team is winning. They're not there because they're doing those silly quote-unquote, silly celebrations. Um, well, they'd only do the celebrations when they won. Yeah. So, like, it's <laughs> kind of like a... Really... It's kind of like a chicken and the egg scenario. As a researcher, you can't you can't pull that comparison <laughs> out unless you go and interview the fans. Yeah. but That's fair. But, uh, no, that's, yeah. that's totally anyway. fair. <laughs> you can't because it's, like, what correlation is not causation. Yeah. Anyway, um, well, hey, I'm I'm just I'm just saying what I think he said. He's probably he probably means something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real here. But so so uh, it's really funny actually because the uh, Carolina has um, changed, made a, a little edit to their bunch of jerks shirts, mm. and they just put 
um, like a a carrot symbol, like the the symbol on 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 the six on the keyboard, like the arrow up pointing up. Oh, okay. And then and then they wrote in front running, <laughs> so it says bunch of front running jerks. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Man, whoever's on it, whoever's um, does the merch and the PR stuff for for the Canes are friggin' on it. Yeah, it's, uh, they're killing it. They're killing it for sure. Um, so, do you want to do you want to relay your your conspiracy theory? So yeah, I have. So I have. Uh, I have a theory because I've seen it a couple times now, and I'm, I'm watching that. Um, watching that replay, it, it was in that replay where the players lined up at the end of the game and we're about to do a salute to the fans. And I'm, I have this theory that they're doing the storm surge, but none of the media is broadcasting it. So if any, uh, any Carolina fans want to uh, confirm or deny my theory, (laughs) we'd love to hear about it. Yeah. Get at us on Twitter at HFHT podcast. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure like with social media, I'm sure I'm probably wrong because we would have seen them. We would have seen, seen a, a fan's video by now, but anyway, just a thought. Maybe it could go deep, bro. How deep could it go? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, don't, don't show. Yeah, yeah. It's a real big conspiracy. No phones allowed. <laughs> um, you must, if you had to choose, <laughs> if you had to choose uh, an MVP on this team for the playoffs, who would you pick? Shit, man. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a tough call. I got a, for the series or for the whole playoffs? The whole playoffs. For Carolina. In Carolina, you mean? Yeah. Oh, man. If you were going to say this series, I would have picked McElhinney. Mm-hmm. Because, um, like, he really... Um, he had no inclination that he would play because Mrazek was playing so well. And when your starter goes down, it's a lot to take on to to play up to standard. And McElhinney has done that and more, in my opinion. Um, so I would have picked... I mean, you know what? I, I would I would still pick McElhinney probably, even though he wasn't really a factor in the, in the first series. Um. I mean, Justin Williams has been playing really well. As uh, Jordan Stahl has been playing really well too. Um, Warren Fogle seems like he's in on everything. Yeah, yeah. That's like when I watch the games. It's always all I hear is just Fogle about everything. Hmm. That, that goal you that goal that you were talking about, where Teravina was left wide open. Yeah, that pass came from that pass came from Fogle. Oh. So looking at looking at points, uh, Jacob Slavin has eleven assists. And he's the highest point getter. Um, Teravinen has uh, the most goals at six, and he has nine points. And that's the thing is that they're getting scoring not only from their top guys but also their secondary guys. Hmm. Like they're, yeah, they're just playing incredible. Yeah, that that's that's so team. important. Being able to get scoring from all your 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 entire team, top to bottom. Um, forwards, defense. Yeah. I, yeah. I man, think I'd probably give it to Justin Williams, to be honest. Mr. Game seven. 
I think he yeah, provides that that level of leadership that really helps these young guys um, feel confident. Yeah. Well, it's it's him and it's him and Brindamore too. Like Brindamore, yeah, that's true. Is not far removed from his playing career, so he can really relate to these players and and you know um, motivate them and 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 give them guidance whenever they're struggling. And mm-hmm. I think um, the fact that Brindamore and Justin Williams are both leading this team. Um, has has led to that success because both those guys weren't like their superstars of the team. They were like the guys who got everything else done. They knew what it took to win and they yeah. knew that it needs to come from the entire team, not just from a few guys. Um, so to, to, to lead by example and to show that, you know, you can win, um, by playing this way, I think that's 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 been the biggest factor for why these Canes have been so good. Um, and it's fun, man. Like these guys are fun to watch for sure. Yeah, man. I'm I'm cheering for them. Yeah, if they keep if they keep playing like this. I don't, I don't see anyone really putting too putting uh, too much of a stop on them. I mean, that's the thing. Next round, they're if they end up against Boston. Um, they're going to be playing a, a more physical game. Yeah. And uh, so we'll see how how they can fare against that because they're mostly just speed and finesse. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's that's how they would have to play. They'd have to make sure that Boston can't catch them. Yeah. They need to play the, Leafs, the, the way the Leafs needed to play. And, <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's the way to do it. So we'll see who their opponent is, and it might be Boston um, as soon as tonight. And if they win tonight, if they win tonight, and then there's also the Colorado San Jose game, which is also an elimination game. I don't think Boston's uh-huh. going to win tonight because Matt Duchesne is a playoff hero. Okay, and he's gonna he's gonna have a big one. He's gonna have a big game. He's gonna get zero points, and he's gonna be a <laughs> minus eight. You just said it. <laughs> minus eight. okay bud (laughs) yeah that was that was sarcasm (laughs) we'll see I don't think he'll get any points today he'll probably get points but I'm hoping he doesn't (laughs) (laughs) Matt Duchesne is my Corey Perry I guess did you see that that comment yeah I saw you I I saw you spewing salt. (laughs) It was very subtle. (laughs) I called you out. (laughs) So over the overtime heroics forum is uh, doing a redraft of 2003. um, And that was Corey Perry's draft year. And so they're just doing a a voting poll on who, uh, who should go first overall. And I just made a a slight comment um, comparing Corey Perry's stats with Joe Pavelski's stats because uh, Pavelski wasn't on, wasn't an option on the poll. So all I was saying is, in, in when you compare stats, they're they're very similar. So Pavelski should be considered. And all I said was that Pavelski doesn't play like a snake. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, then you affected that poll. You affected that poll more than than you could imagine. I what? 
you affected that poll more than you could imagine. I know. Well, Pavelski is now yeah. on the ballot. so He's on the ballot, but a lot of people are like, why is he on the ballot? <laughs> Getzlaff and Eric Stahl should be ahead of him, and I guess, if you're looking at it points-wise. Um, but... I think it's. I think it was because most people didn't understand that you had uh, <laughs> your previous feelings on um, on well, Corey all, Perry. All I was saying was take Corey Perry off and put Joe Pavelski <laughs> on, and no one would notice. <laughs> <laughs> no man, that is crazy that he was drafted in the seventh round. Seventh round, back when they were doing what eight rounds, eight or ten. Was rounds. it only eight rounds? It was, was it 10 rounds, 2003? I have no idea. I can't remember. That was back when they used to do a lot of, now it's only seven. Yeah, that was way back when. Holy cow, 16 years ago. That's a long time. (laughs) But um, yeah, so John kind of mentioned it. If uh, you want to have your say on um, the 2003 redraft, Head on over to overtimeheroics.com slash forums. Uh, go into the NHL forums and uh, go through the NHL thread and you'll see a, um, a link to, to vote for the third overall pick, which we are at now. Um, the results through the votes have Patrice Bergeron going first, Marc-Andre Fleury going second, and now we're in a vote for third. So have your say, go over to overtimeheroics.com slash forums, register for a free account and talk all the sports that you want. Um, we're on there. So we look forward to chatting with you there. Went to um, nine rounds. Let's, <laughs> nine rounds. Good to know. Um, let's move on to our next order of business. Um, oh, yeah, the big news. Big news out of Edmonton. That's right. McCrimmon is not going to be the GM of the Oilers because he is now the GM of the Vegas Golden Knights. That was such a savvy move. What a move. Yeah. George McPhee, man. He's on fire. You know that was all George McPhee. You yeah. know that was all McPhee. Oh, yeah. He's got to sure. be. Yeah. Um, fans are upset, though, because they can now no longer call him GM GM. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, what a what a what a great move to What's keep his role? to keep the band together. Is he is now president of hockey yeah, ops. Yeah, president of hockey ops. I swear to God, man, these 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 titles don't mean anything. Like they're made up. Yeah. What does that even mean? Um, I guess he's the GM's boss. Yeah. So he oversees the entire team. Yeah. But anyway, so they're not made up, Grant. You idiot. Um. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm yeah, sure his, so, role, his role before this was president and GM. Right. So yeah, just, that's probably it. They just gave Kelly McCrimmon the raise to GM. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure like he doesn't have as as much of his like he'll ha- definitely have a big say in it, right? But um yeah, just the title sure. and the ro- the role is is now Kelly's. Yeah. Yeah, savvy move. Um so now that's left the Oilers with uh it's not official yet but it's expected to happen by the end of the day um the oilers have offered 
Ken Holland a contract to be their next GM. Um, and it's rumored to be pretty substantial. Five years for $5 million per, um, I believe, because five years for $5 million as a GM doesn't seem right. Um, oh, your deal worth $5 million per season yet. Yeah. And um, it says that they have hired him officially. Oh, they have. Okay. Oh, they made it official. Official announcement is expected within the next few days. So, oh. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it's expected that he will accept the con- the the contract to be the Oilers' new GM after 36 years as in um, in within Detroit's organization. Um, he's been their GM for the last 22, um, which is quite quite the resume, quite a long time to be with a team. Um, what do you think about? Uh, what do you think about that hire? I mean, I think it was probably their best option now that McCrimmon Mc, uh, was was taken from them. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking on uh, Elliot's, Elliot Friedman's 31 Thoughts uh, just at the other options that uh, Edmonton was considering. Um, and it seems like uh, Holland was probably their best bet. Um. They interviewed Sean Burke, John Ferguson, Mike Fuda, Ross Mahoney, Scott Mullenby, and Pat Verbeek. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Holland has a pretty high pedigree with the time he spent in Detroit. There's a lot of criticism um, coming from his mo- most recent years, though. Um, and a lot of people are saying that maybe perhaps the game has passed him by. It's a different game now. So there's some concern there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the yeah. guy knows how to build a championship team. Well, he knew how to build a championship. He knew team. how to build a championship team. Yeah, like his accomplish accomplishments, but um, can't be you know undersold. He's had a very decorated career, led um, the Wings to multiple playoff berths, um, record breaking playoff berths. I should say, um, presidents, trophies, Stanley cups, all that stuff. But you know, that was a long time ago. Um, well, that's what, I mean, that's the same point, uh, fans are making about, uh, uh, Mike Babcock, right. They're saying that the game has kind of passed him by. He used to be the greatest coach in the world, but now he's not. Yeah. Now the game's different. I mean, I guess that's true. But um, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like coaching is a little different because you're more in tune with your players as a coach. Mm-hmm. And I think really the whole Nylander debacle um, kind of threw threw the chemistry of the team off. And um, I, I don't know. There, there was a lot that went wrong there. Um. He didn't get the the pieces that he asked for from his GM, um, so I think that contributed to it. But anyway, I, I don't want to talk about the Leafs. Um, <laughs> the 
the thing with Holland is, yeah, like uh, there were a couple of his moves a few years ago that like just left me scratching my head, and um, that seems to be more kind of um, what he's been known for lately, like you said. And I don't know. It's 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 a little concerning because um, you know the Oilers have been criticized for being an old boys club. Uh, they're just where they're just, yeah, like that's really all it is. It's it's like they're hoarding them or something. We're the last haven for these people. We need to ensure that they have jobs. Um, like yeah, this I, is going to be his, his hiring is not without skepticism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, I, I like I I hope he can come in and turn it around, but he's walking into a pretty tough spot already and and yeah and we have these these thoughts and criticisms about his his ability to be a gm in this in this at this state of the of the league yeah yeah i mean man i don't know he's (laughs) he's walking he's walking in the weeds here um so what it, I mean, he can't be as bad as Shirelli. That's true. <laughs> but that is true. How much better could it be? You're kind of setting him up to fail, right? Because, but he has no. He has the best player in the world right now. Yeah, but the contracts that he needs to move <laughs> all have no movement clauses. Okay, so what what is he looking at here? So he's looking at Milan Lucic at a $6 million cap hit for the next five years until 22-23. Um, I no didn't movement realize clause. it was five more years. Well, it's four more, four I guess. Years, yeah. yeah. Four more years. Um, and Lucic submits a list of eight teams that he can be traded to. <laughs> well, Vancouver, it sounds like Vancouver's on that list. Mm, okay. <laughs> 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 According to sources, eh? I'd love to. I'd love to hear. Well, so he he interviewed, um, and he, in an interview, he said um, he could see himself playing in Vancouver. Yeah, he's from Vancouver, isn't he? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, he would want to play in his hometown. Yeah, um, but and all the bad blood <laughs> from that series is now, I think, kind of passed. That's true. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah that animosity is still going to be there because he's still a garbage player making $6 million. <laughs> making way too much. <laughs> so like it's, it's, it's not going to, you know, they're, they might be somewhat neutral towards him now, but like, it's going to quickly turn into animosity if he keeps playing the way he's playing at $6 million. I can hear Sterling yelling at us right now <laughs> as we discuss yeah, this. Well. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's got to be here, bro. We never talk about <laughs> Vancouver whenever he's around. It's kind of funny, eh? Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so there's that. He has no move. Gets to submit a list of eight teams he can't be traded to. Um, and then... Andre Sakara. Andre Sakara has also a no movement clause. And starting next year... Oh, it's starting in the 2019-20 season, and he lists 15 teams he can be traded to. 
So perhaps that means it, can move it doesn't in. kick in. It'll probably kick in end of June, July 1st. Yeah. Probably so that'll be, his, that'll be his first thing that he needs to get rid of there. Yep. Like package a pick with him, get rid of him. Just, <laughs> just offload him. There's no reason that he needs to be on your team. Because I mean, like Chris Russell is the same age, makes $1.5 million less. He's a right defenseman. Um, and he's more valuable to this team than Andre Sakara ever will be. He blocks shots. Uh, he's a tough defenseman. Um, he's not the greatest defenseman, but he does his best. So I would way rather have Chris Russell over Andre Sakara any day. Um, but I would also be trying to look at moving Chris Russell's contract because he also is signed until 2021. Um, at four million per season, with a partial no tra- no movement, with a no movement, yes, he submits a ten team no trade ten team trade list next year. Yeah, uh, and then there's Koskinen. <laughs> no uh, movement yeah. clause. Four point five million dollars until twenty twenty one twenty two. Um, man, if I were Ken Holland, I'd be looking at this and hmm, I don't know. Would you take the job? I mean, did it's not, it's not like he has much options if he wants to continue working. He is, I mean, that's the thing. He could just retire. He's 71 years old. He doesn't have to prove anything to anyone. He's 71? I just read an article. I think he's 71. Holy cow. He doesn't look that bad for 71. At all. I would have expected like 65 or 63 or something. But that is, yeah, that makes sense. He's been with, he's been in hockey for a long time. So Sorry, I'm wrong. Uh, 63. Oh, oh okay, yeah. <laughs> I was like, he looks 63. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Okay. Jesus, you just aged him by like big news. <laughs> um Yeah. Yeah, 63. Cause yeah, I was gonna say, why 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 add the stress? Because you know it's gonna be a stressful job. $25 million contract, man. You don't think he's made enough? I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't scoff at it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, why not? Why not? Right? So you can do other than yeah, other than that's having the thing, to move. If, if you can turn it around, you're a fucking hero. <laughs> that's true. And then if you can't, everybody will just say, "Well, they gave it the old college try." You can just say, <laughs> "Peter Shirelli, fuck the team so bad." <laughs> There's no fixing Peter Trelli. Maybe that was his goal all along. He just his he just <laughs> wanted his legacy to be. He really hated Edmonton, so he he signed a a contract with them and then just blew up the team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gosh, you secretly a Flames fan. 
<laughs> yeah, so I don't know, man. Got to start with Andre Sakara. Um, I would honestly package him with a pick and just sell him for peanuts. Like anybody would take him. I feel like I feel like Mark Bergevin might listen to it because they have no. Cap- I, I, I John. I'm not saying I want that. I'm saying don't. I'm saying he has cap space and he's looking at things like this where he can bury money, buy them out, bury the money, and get a return on it for three years. Though, man, two. Oh, yeah, I guess two years. But they already have Alsner. Oh, yeah. Well, trade trade Sakara for Alsner. <laughs> I'll do that trade. Would you, though? I think I would. You're getting an older defenseman with bad knees. Like, terrible knees. And you're paying more money for him. Well, what's... Uh... What's Alzheimer's contract at? Isn't it four seventy five or something? I'm pretty sure it's four seventy five. Four four six two five, but for one more year, oh, okay. like one more additional year. Yeah, so I would. Oh, wait, he has a modified no trade as well. Wait, so it says he's buried on cap friendly. Yeah. Um, his contract is until 2021-22. Man, what are they going to do with that? Well, they're not, I mean, they're not hurting for cap space right now. Yeah, that's fair, but I mean... You still want to win. You want to win when Carey Price is relatively young. He's like 31 already, man. Yeah. And he signed for another however long, eight years or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's so like in this year, right? So uh, he's got another seven years on it. Yeah. You know... I don't think he's going to age well, Kerry. He's what, 30? He's 31. 31. Yeah, he's probably got another two years or so of like... of like Dominance? Dominance. And then you'd hope he'd, he'd um, rattle out like Pecorine or Lundqvist. He'd probably rattle out another three years playing like that yeah so you got what maybe five years at the most yeah he's gonna be 32 on august in august 16th hey that's my wedding that's my anniversary um yeah that was kind of personal sorry (laughs) (laughs) um yeah he'll be 32 august 16th one two three four five he's gonna be even older so 2023, 2024 is kind of the win- the window between now and then. Yeah. Yeah, man, I don't know. I wouldn't take him. 
I wouldn't take Andre Sakura. There's no way. Find someone. I'm else. just saying that they could take his contract and bury it. That's all I was saying. But you're yeah. right. They have Alsner that they have buried. Yeah. Yeah, if he was going back the other way and like a decent prospect came came back, I would think about it. But otherwise, yeah, I wouldn't. Um, yeah, Ken Holland's going to have a tough time with this, <laughs> with this job if yeah. he takes it. Do you think, uh, what do you think he'll do with uh, Jesse Pugliardi? They're going to keep him. Or they're going to trade him. I think they got to keep him, man. You'd think. I think they. I think they have to. They got to give the kid a chance. Yeah. Like he's had. He doesn't. He hasn't had a chance. Well, he's going to be RFA. Um, they've fucked around with his development so much. Yeah. Man, he'd be a good offer sheet target. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he'd be a good offer sheet target. Um, and then I could see that happening, I guess. That would make sense. See if they can package him with... Because um, like if, if somebody offer sheets him, uh, the team who owns him can can work out a trade, right? Can they do that? Or um, is it just like I think, they either match it or they don't? I think they have to match it, right? Okay, I'm not. I'm not sure. Okay, they can't just. Yeah, I guess they couldn't just be like, "Well, we'll match it," but either we match it and we keep the player, or we match it and we work out a trade and you can take the player. Yeah, could that work? That could work, right? So maybe they could package someone like, I don't know, Cassian, so they can save themselves $2 million. Or Tobias Reader, the scapegoat. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Gagne is making $3 million. So I don't know. Anywhere that they can save cash, I could see them doing that. But... I personally would only deal with that if it came up. I would I would rather re-sign him and try to get rid of some of the other guys. Like Ty Ratty, I don't think is gonna come back. Um I'd let Tobias Reader go. And I'd probably uh, would you let Chiasan go? Chiasan? <laughs> yeah. Uh I mean he's a serviceable winger right they had him they had him playing did they have him playing with mcdavid at the end there yeah the guy scored like 30 goals didn't he like 20 goals yeah goals he scored yeah i'd at least uh see what he was looking for as a ufa well he only made 650 oh you could bring him back pretty cheap yeah that's the thing is like it it depends on how many guys you're getting rid of right Mm mm-hmm yeah, that's true. Yeah, this is tough. This is a tough job. <laughs> I'm looking at this. I'm like, there's... 
That's the nothing much that they can do. Ben Holland on his new job. Yeah, good luck, Kenny. We're rooting for you. <laughs> Primarily so we can stop uh, dissing that Oilers every single podcast. Yeah, that, that would actually be. <laughs> Getting tired of it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like, oh my gosh. 12.5 going to Mike Connor, 8.5 going to Dreisaitl, 6 each going to Milan and Nugent Hopkins. See that that six million for Nugent Hopkins that that is a good contract I think that's, that's a great contract yeah. yeah 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 that's what they should all be signed to <laughs> well in an ideal world right um yeah even if McDavid took like two million less and Drysaddle took one million less. That would help the team so much. And Lucic took three million less. Lucic took like five million less. <laughs> he does not deserve more than a million dollars, man. Like, there's no way. This is a million dollars we're talking about here. Like, that's I mean, crazy. When, when he offered that contract, we all knew it was a bit much. But like, yeah, at, we knew it wasn't going to age well at the time. Um, he was a good player. He was he was putting the puck in the net, and so that's why it was justified. But we knew it was yeah, we knew it wasn't going to age well, and <laughs> and it is not. <laughs> yeah, man, he got so when he signed the contract to the Oilers. That was the that was the year they made the playoffs. Well, they played thirteen games in the playoffs that year. They signed him what in twenty fifteen. 2016-17, yeah. 17. Was his first season. Um, and he got 50 points. Like, good value. That's great. Second season, played all 82 games. He got 34 points, only 10 goals. And then this year, he got six goals. So he gave, he made a million dollars each goal that he scored. Wow. He got 20 points. You know who that reminds me of? Mm. Scott Gomez. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. And now Scott Gomez is coaching the Islanders power play. Oh, is that right? Yeah. That's why they're so bad. <laughs> the power play. I wasn't going to say it, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah they're, they're, their power play is terrible. <laughs> well, our friend Kim, our friend Kim said that um, when she was on the pod a while ago. Yeah, no. It, uh, uh, and still part of the reason they uh, got swept. Yeah, unfortunately. Um. But yeah, so I'm looking forward to the to the games tonight. Yeah, who do you got? You know what, man? I might have Boston tonight. No. And I might have San Jose tonight as well. I think they're going to end it. Yeah, I've. I'm. I'm all in on San Jose. Yeah. I'm. So stoked that Martin Jones is playing like an average defender again. Yeah. Yeah. Just watch him. I was just watching him while the puck was in that zone. And he's just like the way he's following the puck. He's just, he's back. Like his, he lost it for that first series. And then now he's back. He's, yeah. I wonder what it was. 
that got him back. But whatever it is, he's got to keep doing it. Um, yeah, I got. Uh, I'm rooting for Columbus anyway. And then uh, tomorrow, who do you got? Dallas and St. Louis. Let's go Blues, man. All right. I'm going with Dallas. Let's go Blues. You're going Dallas? Yeah, I got to. Just because? Yeah. Raju? Raju. Yeah, probably Raju. <laughs> I'm going St. Louis, though. All the Canadians are on that team, so. I wouldn't be upset if, if uh, Ryan O'Reilly uh, continued to play well. Yeah, O'Reilly's a beauty. I really wish that we had him. There's a top line center, man. <laughs> oh God, that would have been a fucking gong show if if um, that offer sheet actually went through. <laughs> it was, oh God, that was the beginning of the end for Feaster. It was just a terrible oversight. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. I think we're gonna cut this kind of short. Um, yeah, life got at us this week, and we weren't able to watch too much hockey, unfortunately. Um, so we do appreciate your ears. We'll get back at it next week. Uh, we'll have more to talk about, I'm sure, with um, with these playoffs still going on. And uh, we're going to probably start looking into some off-season stuff, eh? Yeah. Pretty soon here. Let's figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, we'll probably talk about nominations more too later on, um, like trophy nominations. And uh, yeah, appreciate your ears, guys. Uh, thank you for listening if you're still here. And like we said, get at us on Twitter, HFXT Podcast. Uh, we'd love to to interact with with you guys. Um, we tweet on there pretty regularly, and uh, yeah, we just enjoy shooting the shit on there as well, just like we do on this podcast. Um, and we also like shooting the shit on overtime heroics. Like we've, like we've mentioned earlier in the episode. Um, and you can look for us on all the major podcast directories, Spotify, Google, Apple podcasts, um, Stitcher, tune in all that good stuff. If you like the podcast and would like to share it with people, um, that'd be awesome. We would greatly appreciate that. Uh, Share it with your friends, your family. Bring your mom. There you go. (laughs) Uh, We would really appreciate all that. Um, We are still trying to grow this this podcast and and the community as well. So um, we appreciate all the listens and the, uh, the engagements and interactions on Twitter. So we will see you out there. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Keep that stick on the ice. <laughs>